So how should we start this one? Uh, well, as we always start it, drinking a beer. But does there need to be like a like a bit? I don't. I don't know. We were talking as we were walking up the stairs about if we should do uh, fan fiction for the whores who live in that whorehouse. That's right. So, like, they would say, like, um, Ooh, that uh, Scottish uh, <laughs> piece of ham has returned. That's right. And then I tried to work haggis into it, and it was not good. <laughs> Here's a tasty piece of mutton. I wonder <laughs> why he does not acquiesce to our uh, soixante-neuf. <laughs> and then maybe they think he's not into ladies. I will give you two centimes and a brassiere. If you can get him to participate in your depraved activities. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 69 girl was like, oh, great. I get two centimes and a brassiere. <laughs> can, I t- can I trade the brassiere for a baguette? Or two more saltines. <laughs> Not saltines. Not like the crackers. Saltines. Saltines. Money. Oh, money. No, no, no. I heard saltines, so now it's saltines. (laughs) Two crackers and a brassier. (laughs) Um, So I'm Allison Shoemaker. And I am Julie Starbird. And this is Podlander Drugcast, an Outlander podcast, episode four. And we are talking about the fourth episode of the second season of Outlander called Le Dame Blanche. (laughs) Which translates to the white blonde. Oh no, shit! <laughs> no, I messed up my own joke. Start it translates again. La Dame Blanche, which translates to the Lady Blanche. <laughs> See, I had this whole Golden Girls thing I was gonna do. It was just like, I was just ready. I was just going to tear right out second fan fiction reference in one episode, and then I just fucked it up. <laughs> That's okay. You should never trust me with the jokes. Julie should always do the jokes. Never. Not always. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it starts off with one of those, you know, they have those beautiful little segments at the beginning where it's usually just like a hint of something that's coming in the episode, but this time there's actually information. So there's a big wagon wheel, and there's a guy. And he's there, and he's knocking a little post out of it, and then he puts this weird big heavy thing on it. And my husband, who was watching this episode when he goes, that's fucking sabotage right there. Yeah. Sabotage! So so that comes back later, but you got to remember it, that there was somebody already starting to fuck with their carriage. And we can only presume, of course, that it is the Fraser carriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also those things are usually not, they're usually from some point in the episode. So I think mm-hmm. we can assume that was while Later. they were in the hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're in the chess room again. Did we start in the chess room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're talking about baby names. And uh, <laughs> Jamie wants to, or Claire wants to name the baby Lambert. Lambert. After her Uncle Lamb. Sorry, Kevin Lambert, if you ever listen to this, I don't think you will, but we think your last name would be a shitty first name. Yeah. Um, and Unless it was also your last name, and then that made you Lambert Lambert. Lambert. Because <laughs> I'm kind of into it. I would be down with Lambert Lambert. I would give that guy my number. Um, they're also assuming it's a dude. Don't they always assume it's so. a dude until you're disappointed that it's a girl? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jamie wants to name it Fahusi, after Fahusi Castle. Uh, it, but to me, it sounded like uh, 
Julie, this is not a reference that you're going to get having never seen The Music Man, but there's this song from The Music Man that's so stupid that I've always really loved. It's like, fast lyrics, fast lyrics, get her in the corner and you stick your nose in her face. Shapoopy, that girl is hard to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know Shapoopy. Yeah, so, um, I've never seen The Music Man, but you know who has and who loves it? Who? Kelly. And she used to sing Shapoopy all the time. Shapoopy. Shapoopy. So I was going, Bahusi. Bahusi. And I thought he said Watusi. <laughs> Watusi. Watusi. Which really didn't make any sense. But. Yeah. Um, and then they're, they're sitting there playing chess, and Claire's distracting him. And he's losing. Yeah. Uh, but not on purpose, because we already know Jamie would never lose a chess match on purpose. Right. It's beneath him. And then, and then that Duvernay is like, yeah, Duvernay is like, uh, maybe he's distracted by your ovaries right next to his head. And Claire is all like, oh, right, fine. I guess I'll go find something else to do. And at that moment, my husband goes, <laughs> and then she walked away, and then we see the hot asshole. God, he is a hot asshole. He's I, hot, but he's a dick. I saw the pic. I saw him there, and I was like, God. And I just wrote down, Count de Germain, what a bitch, but give me that coat <laughs> because that coat was yeah. real. This was the teal one, right? Ooh. He's got he's got that permanent stink face. It's mm. like uh, there's this great de- description the first time. <laughs> Sorry to keep to bust out on my nerdy shit in this podcast, but there's this great description in the Harry Potter books the first time that you see uh, Narcissa Malfoy that something like she would be she would be a very handsome woman if she didn't constantly look like there was something that smelled bad under her nose. He does <laughs> always look like somebody just cut one. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> ugh. He's disgusting. But he is kind of a fox, and he's always wearing the best clothes. Obviously, except for Claire. Claire's got the best clothes. Yeah. Dick Fox. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. No, he's not. Never mind. I no. take it back. He's not. But he might be. He might be sort of almost the worst in this episode because you think maybe, just maybe, he slips a little something in Claire's drink, and so, it's not a roofie. First of all, she backs away to a respectful distance to allow her husband to continue playing chess unimpeded by her boobs. So she goes over to the wall. She's obviously pissed that she has no place to be. A servant appears out of nowhere with a glass of what looks like brandy and offers it to our pregnant woman, who picks it up and drinks it. And then you get a look from the Comte de Germain, and you're like, oh, well, he did this. Then she's coughing, and then you're like, that's what you get for drinking while you're pregnant, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I mean, that isn't a thing. There was no, in the 40s, it's right. like, you know how in Mad Men, every time Betty's smoking Smoke a cigarette in. while you're pregnant, oh, yeah. they, like, didn't know? Oh, my grandmother smoked all the way when she was pregnant with my mom, my aunt, my two uncles. She smoked the whole time. So, yeah, of course she didn't know, but it's hilarious. It's like one sip. <laughs> Which is kind of what they make you feel like nowadays if you would like to have one glass of wine every week while you're pregnant, which is totally fine. But, like, the judgment is hard. Yeah. But so this is more like the world being like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So she passes. Well, first of all, she doesn't pass out. She just coughs. And then Jamie sweeps over across the room while everybody is giving them very distinctly French what the fuck looks. And Jamie just whisks her out of the room. He, like, picks her up and carries her out. It's a nice trait to have in a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, in the books that I was telling Julie as we were coming over to Janine's. Hey, Janine. Hey. Hey. Um, 
I was telling Julie in the books <laughs> that scene is a lot more involved and they're at a big dinner party and the king insists that they stay at Versailles <laughs> and she ends up in this royal bedroom just shit in the bed just like shit in them and puking everywhere shitting and puking everywhere while the king's royal physician tries to bleed her and she's just yelling profanities at him like no get away from me don't you dare let that asshole touch me <laughs> fuck you don't you dare put the needle in my arm or whatever the hell it is they do to bleed don't leeches don't, I just and I just want to make Claire yell in a French accent just now, but Claire's not French. No. Don't you dare bleed me, you bleeding asshole. <laughs> um, but instead, she just shits the bed at home, presumably. Right, so we understand, maybe because we remember from Monsieur Raymond, that this poison is something that has been used before. What's it called again? Bitter cascara. Bitter cascara. So she knows that that's what it is. And that it's not fatal. And that she has an, uh, an inkling... That possibly our dick fox is the one that may have just dropped that little special treat in her drink. So now she has even more reason to hate the Comte de Germain. Yeah. Um, and somehow when they're having their, like, oh, my poor sick wife conversation, well, she's in bed. I don't remember what gets them on this topic. But they... Um, oh, she says, distract me. And so he starts talking about talk Charles. Don't talk to me about Duvernay. I don't know. They were talking like, like she's dying. Distract, <laughs> distract me. I feel like shit. Rosebud. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they start talking about Duvernay and somehow they get on the subject of the Duke of Sandringham and all the shit they could maybe do, this, this, that, the other thing. And, um, and then finally Claire's like, no, I've got to tell him. It's time to tell him. And so she tells him Jack Randall is still alive. And he stares for a minute and then grins like a terrifying asshole he's so happy it's weird it's very strange it's a really like i mean i think it's i think it's one of his better moments in the episode mm-hmm. because he really does look elated but it's maybe the scariest that jamie has ever been yeah because he's like thank god he's alive because now i can watch him bleed to death yep yeah and at first claire just seems really happy and like confused like she doesn't get why he's quite so happy and then later when they talk about it again she's like oh no 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 you you're you're happy because you're gonna murder him yeah which first of all you shouldn't murder anybody because then you'll then you'll get hung and second uh you know then frank would die or would not be born it's right compli- it's, it's so travel. complicated it's time travel it's complicated i i did some whispering janine um <laughs> So, um, so they celebrate, they get to murder someone, and Murta's all like, Jamie's in a great mood. And uh, Claire's like, like, yeah, bitch, I told him, and he was real, what were you so worried about? Well, he was pretty worried about maybe Jamie losing his goddamn mind if he found out Frank Randall's, no, sorry, uh, Jack, Jack Randall, Black Jack Randall. I almost said Alex then. God, my Randalls are all too many Randalls. You know what? That's half the a truth. Miller Light, and it just goes right to my head. <laughs> this would be a good time to mention that this week's episode, as always, is brought to you by us buying our own beer, and it is yet again Miller Light, a fine Pilsner beer. A fine Pilsner beer. A fine one. Next week we will drink something else, uh, maybe. Maybe. So the only other thing that came out of the uh, blackjack reveal is still a live scene that I really liked was that. Um, Jamie's talking a little bit about our Bonnie Prince Charlie, who I just continue to hate more and more oh, every God, day. Oh, God, he's just he's the worst. He's just the shittiest. He's the worst. And Jamie calls him a delusional and Jay. And I just need everybody <laughs> on the planet to just bring that back into regular usage. Just if somebody's being silly or stupid, you just call him a delusional and Jay. Just do your part, okay? Do your part. 
I think that's, that's a great all. suggestion, you delusional popinjay. Thanks. You're welcome. See, it's still, even when leveled at me, I still like it. Yeah. It just sounds good. Delusional popinjay. It's great. It's great. All right. Um, so then Claire goes to, to talk some truth to Master Raymond um, in the most fabulous coat. The cape. <laughs> My husband and I both, at the moment she came out of the carriage, so it's this bright kind of blue with this red accent around the outside of the cape and all the way down. Oh, God, it's beautiful. Thank you, Terry Dresbach, for your art. Thank you, Terry Dresbach. And my husband and I both did this at the same time. Yes! When she got out of the carriage. That's how good it was. It was not just me. We watched separately this week. Julie and Mm -hmm. I did. Obviously, she watched with her husband, and I watched without her husband. (laughs) And um, uh, what I said when that coat came out was, boom! (laughs) Boom! It was great. It was the, other than the red dress, it was maybe the most striking costume of the season so far. So she she sweeps out because she's going to be really, she's mad at Monsieur Raymond. Because she knows that he gave that bitter cascara to somebody who did not like her. <clears throat> Dick Fox. <laughs> Dick Fox. <laughs> so she gets in there. She's ready to just tear him a new one. He realizes that she's really serious. And he's like, wait, obviously this front that I have of the apothecary isn't enough. Let me open up the back room. Oh, well, they're, just, they're also hiding from the gendarme. Yeah, there's cops outside, so he's like, we have to be private, so come this way. And then he just opens a door in that beautiful room that we talked about, remember, with all the jars and everything? He, and you see a, an alligator hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, there's the, that gorgeous overhead shot of the, from the top of the apothecary that j- just like, oh, and here's a hanging crocodile. There we just go. saying, or that alligator, was there. whatever the fuck it is. And then reptile. he opens the door, and there's a complete other room behind the apothecary, which is where Monsieur Raymond maybe does a little bit of fortune telling on the side or magical shit. We don't know, but I'm like, I'm here for this. I'm he's got here. he's got all those skulls. He's got skulls Beautiful. of different animals. Just it's really pretty. And then he's like got like bones and fucking potions and shit. Anyway, he's he's playing both sides of the game. Well, but then he has that line. So he gives her there's the fortune telling thing, which we'll get to in a second because it was it was maybe my favorite scene in the whole episode. I thought it was just amazing um, and really well written. Um, but but he gives her this necklace with a stone in it that will change color in the presence of poison. And she says, so it's magic. And he has this great line that I'm paraphrasing um, because I was like sitting with my fingers in my mouth, wrapped, and um, uh, didn't write anything down. But it was like, uh, it's, some would call it science, some would call it magic. I charge more when I do. Yeah. Um, just like, that is great. And Dominique Pignon is amazing. Oh, that's great. And so he gives her this necklace. It's beautiful. It's just this big white stone, basically, on a chain. And then, how do they get to the he bone says, tossing? There's something else happening you, madame. Oh, yeah, right. Um, Madonna. 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 Um, there's something that's wrong with you. May I help you through the dark arts? <laughs> and she so says she's worried about an old friend. He does a little sleight of hand with some bone dice, and then they all show up. And then she Yahtzees on a fucking zebra pelt. <laughs> and he looks at them, and, oh, wait, we forgot the one line that's the most important. He said something. Oh, he he well, pulls out one the of the skulls. skulls. He pulls. She pulls out one of these animal Which skulls. Which looks and he like goes, a baby T-Rex. And he's like, I. He makes direct eye contact with her, and he says, "I'm always very interested of things that are not of this yeah. time. I am fascinated by things not of this time." So we know that Monsieur Raymond 
probably knows. Or at least suspects. That Claire is a time traveler because maybe he too is a time traveler. Yeah, that I loved that moment. It was so, and you could see that she's like, oh shit, are you going to get me one? burned at the stake too? Yeah, shit, show me your smallpox face. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So we're like, it's, it's so clear because it's just the one line, but Dominique Pignon is so good. You just, it's all there and you're like, all right, great. Okay, of course, Monsieur Raymond is a time traveler suite. Or at least recognizes them, yeah. Right, so she, she we get to her tossing the bone dice and, uh, she asks about a friend. I'm worried about an old friend. Mm-hmm. And that's all she says. Yeah. We know she's talking about Frank because now she's afraid that Frank's not going to get born. And we have said this before, but let's just recall that if Frank doesn't get born, she doesn't marry Frank, so she doesn't go to Scotland to rekindle their love, meaning she doesn't touch a dick rock and she doesn't meet Jamie. Well, maybe, but maybe she just disappears from the future and then all of a sudden only exists in the past. Like maybe, <gasps> maybe if she, she can't were, get back. Maybe if she were to touch the dick rock and go back to the future, uh-uh. it would um, all of a sudden they'd be like, Claire who? Who are you? We've never heard of you. Who's Frank? Nothing. Oh, look, the nuclear wasteland. Who knows? Oh, my God. You must have stepped on a butterfly, bitch. (laughs) And suddenly there's a Biff Hotel everywhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, Biff Hotels (laughs) everywhere. And the Statue of Liberty is leaning against the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and everyone is speaking Chinese. (laughs) Um, So so she she has obviously many reasons to be worried (laughs) about Frank being born. But the biggest one being that she's just worried about Frank. Right. So she tosses the bones onto the zebra pelt, which, by the way, the zebra pelt is pretty awesome. (laughs) And what does he say to her? It's really vague, but also very kind of like perfect fortune teller ease. Um, Well, you will see him again. Yeah, you will see him again. That his future is not clear based on the bones but the one thing that is clear is that you will see him again and she's like uh the fuck you say and like of course at this point we know that that's true we don't know how it is that she gets back to the future (laughs) um back to the biff hotels (laughs) janine has eaten this up um but but we know that she does so claire um, thinks like, what? Ain't no way I'm going back there. I got my man here. Look at these clothes. You think I want to go back to wearing skirts? <laughs> Just a little bit skirts and some knee socks? Mm. But then you think about the corsets and then the just state of medical like everything like maybe yeah, but she's got the know-how for she's got the know i'm sure uh, she misses running water uh yeah i'm sure she misses um i was gonna say the internet but that doesn't exist yet <laughs> no i'm sure that's what i would miss she she probably misses twinkies. some sort she misses twinkies and she misses um having her ipad <laughs> she, she she misses tampons she might miss tampons yeah. Is that a thing? World War II? When was were one? tampons in I think it might have been World War II. When? You're going to look that up, Janine? I'm look it up. Okay. Thanks. I'm you curious. make a note of that for, for yeah. the other podcast. Um, All right. So, so you will see him again. And she tells like, her. Oh. You'll see him again, but doesn't tell her oh. whether or not he's okay or not. Fifth century BC. Oh. Wow. So she de- she was already using. Yeah, there could have been tampons happening now. Yeah, I mean, when Louise was getting her beaver wax, she probably had one up there. She had to pull push the string in. Yeah. So that it didn't rip out the tampon. Oh no. Ugh. Okay, no. so we find that out that Frank his future is unclear. 
Yeah, so, but the one thing is that Claire will see him again, which is, um, she's like, uh, 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 and then sort of promptly dismisses it. Maybe she thinks Raymond doesn't know what he's talking about, but we know that he does. Um, so then she goes to see Louise, who has a fucking cuckoo clock. And may I just say this to whoever invented the cuckoo clock? Fuck you. <laughs> a hearty fuck you. I love them. I hate them. I mean, Neil's I would never parents, want one in my home. Neil's parents have one. And every time we go there, the first time it strikes, we both remember, and Neil just will wordlessly stand up out of whatever room we are in and go in and turn the sound on it off so that we don't have to listen to it while we're there. My grandpa made it a game where the cuckoo, it would go, and we all run and shoot the cuckoo. <laughs> See, that's a good way of That's pretty good. That's I'm pretty all good. right with that. Uh, so it happens, and Neil and I both at the same moment are like, oh, cuckoo clock. <laughs> and then... We have Louise and Mary, and then Louise quickly sends Mary away because she's got to drop a bomb on Claire. I'm pregnant. Oh, God damn it. And Claire's like, but I wore a condom. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, she's like, can you help me? Um, are you asking me for an abortion or what? No. She's just asking for help with the situation. And then Claire rightly says, well... Why don't you just go have sex with your husband? Well, but she does say, well, yes. So here's what I can do. I oh, can yeah. go get these things, but you should know. It could kill you. That it could kill you. And Louise is like, I don't know about that. Oh, but it is my level's baby. I want to Fuck that. Well, I mean, you can understand her, you know, not wanting to, if she loves the man. I understand. But for a moment, we thought that it was going to be like, Get me a flame, some boiling water, and a knitting needle. Oh, sure. Like, I really thought that was coming. No. No. Claire it, Claire mm-hmm. would know the way to do it that was the safest, but none of them are safe. At Which least is back then, none of them are safe. essentially okay. to tell your husband that it's his. Like, either do it with him or make him believe that it's his. But, but we should note that neither Claire nor Louise says, but can you really murder a Baby? No, they don't say that. So they're very forward-thinking ladies, and by that I mean that, that's been right going on forever. Ladies, going on um, forever. apologies for sharing our uh, what what we'll call political beliefs, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna think that they're political beliefs anyway. Um, so uh, anyway, Claire's all of a sudden like, but uh, why don't you just say it's your husband's? Mm-hmm. And, but then we find out. That Louise's lover is very jealous. Oh, yeah. And so Louise's oh, lover God, would so never allow Louise to start sleeping with her husband again. And I'm you're sorry. like, uh. I'm sorry, bitch. No. No. Louise, you, get it together. You want, you want to keep wearing that dress? You want to keep living in this house? You need to make him believe it. Or, like, he wants to keep knocking at your door. He's got two choices. He can mm-hmm. be like, Yes, let me find a way to marry you, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't seem possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, that does not seem like a feasible thing. Or the price you pay for fucking a married lady is a car- occasionally the married lady fucks her husband. Yeah. Like, those are your choices. Mm-hmm. I wonder what man could be so awful to believe that to be he that gets much of a both. dick. Like, what character who, who could, could it be, be so terrible? Who could I it wonder, be? can you think of a character that's so Just like awful? the worst? Yeah, not like sadistic rapist worst, no, but like and also not the like worst. not like like sartorially blessed worst. Not yeah, like that either. Not like Dick Fox. Not, not Black Jack style. Just yeah, something just like somebody 
I want, but let's put a pin in that. Yeah, just, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, uh, she also says, and I thought this was a nice, there are a couple of like cool foreshadowing moments in this episode um, based on what we saw in the first episode of the season. But how will I raise a child with a man that is not the father? And Claire's like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, because you know what's going to happen. Claire. Claire, get ready. Take a look at yourself in the mirror, Claire. So take a look at me now. <laughs> um, so it's, but it's a really great scene, and Mary is off uh, feeding the monkey, which is not a euphemism. Um, yeah, Louise actually has a monkey that comes back in this yeah, episode. Yeah, we remember uh, Colette. Colette. Colette is the monkey's name. Yes. Oh um, but it's like, but it's a good little scene, and um, and Claire goes home then, and and her husband shows up, and he's all. He wants to get it on. And my, ver- my very next note after but Heavenly lays it down is just but with an exclamation point. Yeah, because he like he's ready to get it on. He's, first you see it like oh he is not wearing anything under his little blouse there because you just see his little butt. Nice butt. Yeah. And then happy birthday Sam Hewen. Yeah, happy birthday. Yesterday was Sam Hewen's birthday, and today is the fictional character Jamie. Uh, uh, Fraser's birthday, so it's like the weekend. Just we play the weekend of um, what is it? Walker Shortbread. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Walker Shortbread weekend. <laughs> so, Jamie's ready to get it on. Finally, this is exciting because now he knows that Jack Black is still alive. Jack Black, Jack, not Jack Black. Who gives a shit about Jack Black? <laughs> Black Jack is still alive, so he has a reason to live to kill him. So now he feels virile and manly again. So he takes his clothes off and he's about to get on his wife when his wife looks down and sees all these bruises and bite marks on his thighs. Jamie, like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, oh, don't mind those. Those are from a whore. Those are from a prostitute. (laughs) My my other great note in this scene is at one point he says, I don't think I'm explaining this well. And I was like, no, you're You're explaining this really poorly. So I guess, and I talked to Allison about this. Obviously, she knows the books, and I don't. I was like, does this mean that he actually did have sex with one of these French whores? No. 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 But and it kind of seemed It's implied questionable. that he says that he didn't, and you have no reason, because Jamie basically doesn't lie. Right. So you have no reason to think that he did, and I, I mean, in the books, so he does not have sex with So basically, one the of the prostitutes are just biting him on the legs and maybe shoving her butt in his face because he uses, the term, he uses the term swizzle nuff, swizzle nuff, swizzle nuff, swizzle nuff, which means 69, yeah. which swizzle please nuff. also remind me not only to continue to say delusional pop and jay for the rest of my life, but to always refer to the 69 as the swizzle nuff. Yeah, <laughs> which we're pronouncing like swizzle, like mm-hmm. swizzle stick. That's not right. And then nuff, like nuff said. Um, and it's swizzle nuff. Swizzle nuff. But I'm going to go with swizzle nuff. I like, like swizzle nuff. Like pamplemousse. <laughs> I would totally swizzle nuff with the pamplemousse. Uh, who wouldn't? He's a fine looking man. He's adorable. That Murta. All right, so then we have the breakdown. Uh, they have a big fight. Like a really good, healthy fight. Like awful, but obviously really necessary. And then Jamie gets to unburden himself slightly about his mental state post the brutality at Wentworth Prison, and it's a very well-written scene, and it's good. And, and he still can't even say it. He says after what happened at Wentworth. Right, he can't even really say it. But it's, it's, it's good because Kat has just gotten to the point, sorry, Claire has just gotten to the point where she can't talk about it anymore because he won't let her in. So he's trying to let her in, 
and then it's obvious that there will be no sexy times tonight. He has this great line that he feels like the, it's, he keeps talking about like the part of yourself that's private from everyone, like the part that's just you was totally exposed, and, and the line was something like trying to hide under a blade of grass. Wait, Julie, I'll join you. All right. And, and now we're on beer two. This is definitely a two-beer episode at least. At least. Maybe three beers we'll get once there. we get to the dinner party. Yeah. Um, but trying to hide under a blade of grass, and it's, this, it's a really beautiful scene and well-acted, but really well-written, I think. And so he decides that he can't stay in the bed, so he's going to go sleep wherever he sleeps now because they're not doing it. And Claire is like, bummer, and she's sad about it. And she finally decides that what is on the menu tonight is some sexual healing. So she straight up goes and finds him, opens the door to his little bed nook. What the fuck it, is maybe that? Maybe it was like a pantry. It looked like but it was just blankets on the floor. Bed in there? I don't nah, know. I think it was blankets on the floor. Anyway, she opens it up, drops a robe. On the hard wood, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> and then she drops her robe, and they just go for it. But it's not like... It's very slow and tender, and it is truly sexual healing. It's like a let's it's, it's be beautiful. back together. It is it's in not, beautiful you, blue light. It's beautiful. But if you watch Outlander because you just really love to watch an occasional Scottish deep dickin, this is not that this scene. This is not that scene. But it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my God. Her pregnancy makeup is astounding. I, at first I thought they must have hired like a pregnancy body double mm-hmm. because I, it's, this is an odd thing to talk about, another woman's body. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've seen a lot of both of these actors' naked bodies in the first season and some of the second season, no, not very much, though. And her boobs are definitely bigger. Yeah. My husband actually asked if her boobs were bigger. In addition to the her belly, which is, I mean, like, it's... How did they do that? I have no idea. I really thought, until they started showing her face, I mean, I guess maybe CGI, like, maybe they really did hire, like, a pregnant body double and then somehow put her face... It, it looked real. It looked though. real. Whatever it was, really it was good. it was really well done. Yeah, if you know, if you watch to know, tell find us on Twitter, Podlandercast at Podlandercast. Um, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll go on the Stars Twitter and ask them. Like, how did you do this? You know, there are um, at the first season. When you watch the first season now, um, which I was incredibly sick all week, and so I just had that on the background for a while. Um, refreshing the old memory and also watching some Scottish deep dicking and um, <laughs> um, there are these great little supplementals at the end where Ronald Moore or someone else will talk about one aspect of that episode the, like in the um, the gathering episode Diana Gabaldon is a cameo so they talk about that or they'll talk about the costumes or they'll talk about the fighting or whatever so I wonder if maybe they'll talk about that when they release the second season as a whole and if they include that kind of supplemental info. Because I couldn't believe I was staggered. It was it's really It's the kind good. of special effect you don't think about. Because as you're watching it, Claire's just pregnant, so it's not a special effect. But and you know what? You don't think about this special effect because guess what you never fucking see? Pregnant sex. People having sex with pregnant women when in a way totally covered up. that shows them actually being pregnant which is what i liked about it so it was, know, it was reverent great. like it was. his love of her body and of this of the like change in her body and it wasn't um like i mean he keeps calling her madonna but it wasn't madonna like it was mm-hmm. it was sexy and mm-hmm. it was beautiful but but reverent in a way that didn't feel holy it just felt like sacred to mm-hmm. him like it was about their marriage it was grown up 
married people sex. Yes, mm-hmm. it was just really beautiful. It was and good. seriously, I don't know how they did that. It was really good. It was <laughs> very convincing. So we're finishing up here. It's really great. And then all of a sudden, Jamie hears a noise. What the fuck? Somebody's on the roof. No. It's not Santa Claus. Nah, man. Who could it be? Who could be the worst person? Who's the worst? Who? Who's the who's somebody that's so but Janine loves this bit. Who is the just the um, nasty who's just so bad horrible that person? At like two o'clock in the morning, when you're I'm sticking just, it to your wife after a long dry drought, spell, yeah. who would would climb on your roof and try and to try get to in your break window. in your house? Who, who would do, do that? that? Oh, it's know. Prince Charles. Oh God. He's the worst. And it, as it turns out, he's really upset about something that happened to him. And he has what he says is a most grievous and disgusting wound on his hand. But, oh, that looks like a bite. And then Claire says, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this a monkey bite? And it is. Because? Because the guy that's the worst is the guy that's the worst. He's the one that's oh, fucking Oh, I'm sure I just fucked up the volume and I don't care. He's the worst. He's the one that has impregnated Luis. He's, but he, so he is Louise's lover because I don't, what the hell is her problem? I mean, I guess that he's technically royalty, but but like what? She could do so much better. That woman is beautiful. Whatever. She's just, and like funny and charming and vivacious and, and she's just, why? She deserves way better. He's the worst. So he's having a petulant temper tantrum because... She, and he doesn't know she's pregnant. That's an important point. He does not know she's pregnant. He just knows that she said, like, I have to be with my husband. You have to leave or whatever. And, then her, and they're fighting. And her husband comes back early. And then the monkey bites him. Good job, Colette. Thanks, Colette. Doing uh, what we all want to do. And he, so he meets Claire and barely acknowledges her. While she fucking... You will tend to my hands and I also need whiskey. Yeah, she, like, fucking fixes him up and he only has eyes for Jamie. I mean, I understand that. So do I. So do I. It, it's... That's the way it goes. So we've got the asshole in the room. Oh, he's the worst. And now Claire knows that he is the father of Louise's baby, so she tells Jamie, and they're like, yes, let's use this against him. Let's have a dinner party and get everybody together and then drop this bomb and see what happens. Because and then he'll make a damn fool of himself. Because he'll be an idiot. And then, like... The Duke um, of Sandringham will be like, no, I'm, I'm not, not giving you any money. I'm not giving you any money. DuVernay will be like, I'm not giving you any money either because you're a weirdo. So let's do this. And then Claire has this great moment where she goes, does this, does this make us bad people? And Jamie's like, we're not bad people. We're doing a bad thing for a good reason. And I'm like, what? and she goes, isn't that what all bad people say? <laughs> yes. And then they're like, I don't know. And they make out. And then they make out and it's fine. But it, I mean, it's a really, it's a really good idea. And this is, this whole series of events does happen in the books, but it's not, it's a lot more convoluted. It's not quite as crafty as that. And I actually really like that. I like that their plan is, I know, let's invite Charles to dinner. And then spring on him in front of Louise and her husband and the Duke of Sandringham that uh, she's pregnant and just see what happens to Charles. Mm. Because he doesn't, I mean, he will make an ass of himself anyway, probably, because he's a delusional popinjay. Yes. Um, but, but then we'll just like throw a little extra fuel on the fire. So we jump ahead a week and the servants are all getting ready. And we get to see the amazing set dressing. Oh. You know, whenever there are crazy dinner scenes and these period pieces, you get to see all the flatware and the beautiful like arrangements. And it's just so pretty. And you just imagine that downstairs, Daisy and Mrs. Padmore are just 
having a really crazy. difficult like but I can't find the butter <laughs> Daisy you daft bend it's in the refrigerator but I don't trust the refrigerator <laughs> so they're getting set up in the house and Claire's like I gotta go to the hospital there's been an accident somewhere was it like a an explosion I think she said something happened that was like bad. a serious thing and so the the and hospital the, and the for, cook won't let me in the kitchen anyway. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> not good at that. So I'm gonna run down to the hospital. And they, uh, Jamie sends Murtaugh and Fergus with her to make sure she gets back in time because she's got to get dressed so that she can be the lady of the house to receive all these important guests. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, so then we get the comedy stylings of Murtaugh and Fergus, which they're adorable. Fergus just really is really smart for like. How old is he supposed to be? Like 12? He's lit, but he's like got Mary's number down. Like Mary comes out, Mary's with her. This is something that gets a little bit brushed over in the um, in the show. But in the books, the first time Claire goes to the hospital, it's not because of Raymond. It's um, a character that's, that's not in the show, uh, like a singing master at Versailles. Um, suggests that she goes with all the ladies of the court. They all go every once in a while, and then they all get the, the, the vapors and leave because they're terrified. But Claire, of course, doesn't. And Mary, who's terrified of everything, also doesn't because she will stick it out with Claire because she just loves Claire. Mm-hmm. So Mary starts going to the hospital with Claire and getting squeamish, and she can't do the things Claire can, but she goes. Um, so we know that Mary goes to the hospital um, regularly. So she's there, and she comes out and says, it will be at least another hour. She knows that she can't be late, but it's really bad. It's going to be another hour. And Fergus is then like, oh, she's so sad, but also she's in love because she wears parfum and uh, because her eyes are great because she's been crying. And Murta's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, that was a terrible accent. Because Murta's <laughs> like, how can you tell? And he, Fergus just looks at him like he's an idiot and goes, can't you tell she was crying? Yeah. Oh, like I'm a tw- <laughs> 12-year-old boy and I can read a woman like I'm Prince. That's why you will <laughs> That's why you will die alone with your hand. hand. <laughs> Which was a great burn. Sick burn, Fergus. Sick burn, Fergus. Sick burn. So, then we flash into the hospital where it's the good old days of surgery and it's gross. And so there's the guy, the volunteer doctor, who we Monsieur also find Foyer. out is the executioner. The royal executioner, yeah. And he figures out acupuncture or shows Claire how to do this thing to deaden the nerve in this guy's leg so that they can then reset oh, it's gross. in a most disgusting manner. There's also this, it's a silly thing because it's so quick, but there's this amazing, like, action shot of Bouton like shot like he's a battlefield nurse it's at his level and he's running through the hospital and there's somebody screaming in the background and this dog's just like dun 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 it's great it was so good um but they get they get hangman's grease on their hands. It's mm. all very dramatic. Oh, and outside, Myrta is wondering if the if the if the lady's maid has ever said she's in love with anyone. And Fergus is all like, "Yeah, any man that passes her door, what? boom, <laughs> sick burn." Fergus. Man, Fergus is on top of it. Two in one episode. That's great. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, we get to see Fergus is like he's sharp. Hashtag sick burn Fergus. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if. All of our 19 listeners can get that trending. I'm certainly going to use it. I'm just going to attach to things that don't even make sense. I'm going to be like, did you guys see that episode of The Vampire Diaries? I don't watch The Vampire Diaries, but did you see that episode of The Vampire Diaries? Sick burn. Hashtag sick burn, Fergus. (laughs) It's because it sounds like smooth move, Ferguson. (laughs) Sick burn, Fergus. Anyway, um, 
So presumably while this is going on is while somebody's fucking with the carriage wheel. So maybe Merton mm-hmm. Fergus should have paid a little more attention, attention to, to the, the carriage, carriage and a little less, less attention. to their game of bull or whatever the fuck that is they're playing. Bocce. Whatever. Well, no, it was the knife, though. They were trying to, like, pierce a lemon with a knife. <laughs> Stupid. Men. Men. <laughs> so then the carriage doesn't move, and Claire's like, well, fuck this. I got to get home. We have to walk. So she takes Mary probably a little bit ill-advisedly. They send Fergus to go ahead and tell Jamie that everybody's going to be a little bit late, and then Murtaugh walks the two ladies home. Now, wait a minute. So the carriage has been fucked with. They don't know that it's actually been fucked with. But so somebody's already set them up for this, right? So then they're walking down the streets, and it gets to be really late at night, and then we cut back to Jamie at the house, like inviting all the people into his house it's and being kind really of awkward. Stressful. There's this stressful montage that cuts between them walking home and Jamie welcoming people, like all these guests that he's setting up for what they're already planning to make the most uncomfortable dinner party in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's then, this awful moment where the Duke of Sandringham comes in and Jamie does his cute little courtly bow. And the Duke sticks his hand out to be kissed. Oh, God. And then we also get to see the guy that is uh, Mary Hawkins' fiance, and he's just worse. He looks like Mr. Toad in human form. It's he horrible. Looks, he actually looks like the guy that was married to Galus Duncan. Galus mm-hmm. Duncan's murder victim. Mm-hmm. It's um, bad. Yeah. So we're flashing oh, back and forth. Who's costume? Oh, <laughs> my dearest, I need some peppermint. Oh, like, so we know what Mary is in for. So it's it's horrible, and then so Louise then all of a sudden it's dark outside. It's dark, and Louise is showing up with her husband, and then Charles shows up, and then Charles meets Louise's husband, and is a real dick, and then kisses her hand, and is like licking and it, never lets for it like go. Thirty seconds, and it's, it's really, really uncomfortable. Awkward. All the while, Claire's walking home, and then some people just drop out of the motherfucking sky. And land on Murtaugh, beat the shit out of him. Oh, Mur- P- Pamplemousse, cheers. Pamplemousse, he did tried. what he could. He, well, he was out, man. There were like three guys, right? Three or four guys. At least, yeah. And then um, uh, it's horrible. They assault Mary Hawkins. And I want to say, just here's here's the thing. Here's a note. I promise this will be like a thirty second rant, but um, you know, I'm a person of the internet, and I. Uh, Right for a couple of sites that cover television. And uh, last year for the AV Club, we all got to pick our show that we couldn't believe missed the best of year-end list, right? And I, my pick was Outlander, which I was actually really surprised. The person who covers AV Club for out, uh, covers Outlander for the AV Club, I can't think of her name right now, which I feel really bad about. I'll share it next week. But she does an amazing job, writes really, really great reviews, and um, it's very discerning, but she, they, it gets a lot of A's because it's a really good show, right? Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised that it wasn't on more people's lists um, and that it wasn't really even in the conversation. So I wrote this piece about it, and they, they put it this all of our shows in this big collected list and, um, and publish it. And uh, every comment about Outlander in the list was like, why the fuck did they include Rapelander? I don't understand why they include Rape Lander. It's like you can't watch that show for 30 seconds without a rape. And at first of all, I think they're confusing that with Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. First. And second, the part of the point of all of that is that she's gone from a time that's relatively civilized, but where still one in four women in the world is raped, has been raped at least once in her life. Um, 
and that's reported rapes. Statistically, one in four women in the world has been raped. So, um, so there's that, right? But this is a much more brutal time where women were considered property, where they were expected to just acquiesce to what a man says. And the only rape victim in the first season of the show, the only person who is actually raped, is a man. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are a, there are some attempted rapes or assaults. There's one definite attempted rape when uh, Claire is in Blackjack's custody. And there are some assaults, some like definite assaults when Claire is in the castle. Um, when uh, Claire and Jamie are, like, doing it in a pasture. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be another attempted rape. Um, Mm -hmm. But these are, I mean, that's everyday life. That's a a part of the world. And it really, really bothers me. So now we're getting to... It's not used as a storytelling device. And it's not about the way that a man reacts to a woman being raped, which is how it's used on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really take issue with that. I mm-hmm. think that Outlander handles rape as well as anything on television except for Jessica Jones, which is just like maybe the best portrayal of rape I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really, um, it's really, really well handled. And so this is the second time in two seasons of a brutal show that a character has been raped. The first time that a woman has been raped. So the next time someone is like, I heard that show is really rapey, you just tell them to shut their fucking asses. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm not about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mary Hawkins, poor Mary Hawkins gets raped. It's, it's rough. You can hear her dress being ripped and she's just screaming and she gets punched in the face. It's bad. It's really awful. And so they're very obviously intending to rape Claire too. But then. But then. It's not, it, okay, so I'm not, I've never read the books. So I assumed that it was something to do with that white necklace, but she wasn't actually wearing it. They turn her around and they see Claire's face and her they say, yeah, her hood falls off. And they're like, la, la dame blanche. blanche. And then they freak out and they all run away. So there's something going on with Claire has either a, uh, a rumor or people know about her or there's some kind of story or superstition that has to do with a woman that looks like her or but but see I've never read the book so I don't know and I know that we're going to get answers to this later I thought it was related to the necklace that Monsieur Raymond gave her but it was not yeah Mm -hmm. um I won't say anything um but that becomes a like a pretty significant thing there's a reason that's the name of the episode Mm -hmm. um uh but something about Claire the fact that it's Claire drives them off but not before one of these men rapes Mary, who's then passed out from shock. Um, so they get her home, and Jamie is still in this uncomfortable drawing room situation, wondering well, where the hell his wife is. And he runs, a servant comes in and like whispers to him, and he runs out to the courtyard, and there's Claire and Murtaugh and Mary Hawkins, and they've obviously just been through hell. And he's very upset. Then Claire wants to go tell the police. No, Claire wants to have the party. Oh, she wants to have the party. She wants to get Mary inside and get, get her some medical Get a doctor, care. right. And, and Jamie's like, she, we no, can't she get her a doctor. No, she says he has a doctor. Because, first of all, Claire's the best doctor in all of Paris. That's because she true. understands modern medicine. Right. <laughs> um, but so, like... I mean, she's highly skilled, but she's got two centuries worth of knowledge that these other people don't have. Um, but she also... Um, wants to have the party and then call the police. Like, get Mary in, get her in bed, get her some medicine, have the party, there's too much at stake, and then call the police. And Jamie says, absolutely not, Don't we do can't it. call the police. Because then she'll be spoiled goods and she won't be able no to get married. No one will want Nobody her. Nobody will want her. But 
one of the people at this party. Because the Duke of Sandringham is there, his uh, secretary is there. Alex Randall. Mm. Can we talk about the casting of that dude for just dude, a second? Dude, Neil actually said that. He looks crazy like Tobias Menzies. Masas, masnes. Mas, masnes. Masnes. Tobias M. Tobias um, He looks just like Tobias Mas. It's excellent casting. Actually, Neil was like, dude, I don't know how they did that. That guy looks just like him. Like a tinier, kinder... A nicer, a nicer blackjack, and he, and also a great actor. You really kick the shit out of his couple scenes in this episode, mm-hmm. like all the awkward bowing to Jamie. He's being so polite, and then he goes racing out and he sees Mary and he's sitting by her bedside and trying to take. He's care of he's her. taking care of her while Claire has to go get dressed and go be the badass bitch she has and to be downstairs. Just I wrote Claire equals badass, <laughs> um, because Jesus, she's just like deep breath, deep breath. Okay, party time. Here we go. Somebody tried to rape me 30 minutes ago, and maybe it was the dude who's at this party because uh, Saint Germain shows up at the party. That's right. Because Jamie tells her that he's the there Saint-Germain while she's getting dressed, dick. and she has a moment of like, and I'm like, hard to breathe in that fucking corset, isn't it? Hard to breathe. And then right after I said that, she's like, deep breath. It's like, good luck. Yeah. You can do it, Claire. Um, <laughs> so but she walks in and is like, party time. Let's do this. And she's wearing the amazing white stone that Monsieur Raymond gave her, which is straight up just like out there. Like, if you're trying to poison me in my own house, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm protected. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's huge. Like, it's, it's like the center po- piece of her entire ensemble. So they sit down to dinner. And it's then we ridiculous. Get a, we get a nice instance of what I wrote down is... Pope bragging? Yeah, there's a little Where bit of Where the Duke of Sandringham is like, I tried to meet the Pope, and he said he was too busy. What a dick. And then Prince Charles is like, maybe he's a little busy being the head of the Catholic Church. I've met him four times. Uh, I've what? met four Popes. Four Popes. I've <laughs> met four Popes. Like, oh, wow, I'm one of those Popes. You must have a lot of friends in, in the Pope land. Ugh, God, um, I hate him so much. He's just the word like, oh, yeah, I've met four Popes. Also, your wife is a slut. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's the worst. Um, but there is a moment of pure delight uh, where Simon Callow, where Claire's like, uh, so you tell some really good jokes, Duke of Sandringham. Why don't you tell us a joke? And it's Simon Callow, who's a great British actor. Like, just obviously he's excellent in everything. He's got like a solid 10 seconds of like, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't. I could, no. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. Okay, okay. okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, Maybe just one. It's begging to be gift. Somebody gif it. If not, I'll find a way to gif it, but I'm too old to gif. So somebody gif it. I want a gif of Simon Kelly going, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, if you insist. It's just great. Um, then he also, he's talking about how hot Claire and Jamie are, and he says, with the, the beauty of two such people, uh, they'll, they'll produce an offspring of... Tremendous pulchritude. What a good word. <laughs> yeah, pulchritude. And then so, Charles bites his apple like a dick. And tra- well, Charles finds out that Louise is pregnant because yeah. Jamie straight up drops that bomb. He's like, I hear you're expecting. That's also a dick move, dude. You don't do that to people who haven't like made it news, right? Obviously, that's part of their jam, though. Yeah, so they, like, they're intentionally being dicks, but it's still Ugh. poor Louise. And then Louise is shocked, right? And her husband is also a little peeved, as rightly but should be. But also pleased, like, seems kind of pleased. He's like, yeah, I He's got like, that yeah, I knocked my wife up. I have no okay. memory of it. I did that. And then Bonnie Prince fuck up is just pissed and it's so gross like he takes this apple and he's he's <laughs> Louise's husband's like I guess I was kind of a man in the dark about this and Bonnie Fritcher is like you are a man in the dark <laughs> 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 it's 
It's just, you're just like, oh, that would be such an awesome moment. Except you suck so like, hard. The, it's the opposite of sick burn, Fergus. It's no, like, it's like moist burn. <laughs> it's the worst. And so this dinner party has turned into a... Moist burn, Charlie. (laughs) Hashtag moist burn, Unqualified disaster. It's horrible. Everybody's so comfortable. And then we flash back up to the bedroom, and Mary wakes up. And there's a guy above her, Alex. There's also this quick moment where Claire says, if she wakes up and she needs more medicine, give her some of this poppy oil, but not too much. It can produce visions. Visions. Which I'm like, hmm. So she wakes up and obviously fucking freaks out because there's a guy standing over her and she pushes him off and she runs downstairs in her nightie and she's screaming and she's scared and he comes down and he's trying to subdue her in their like drawing room but now at this point all the people at dinner can hear her screaming and then Alex Randall's trying to pin her down. And remind her, her uncle and fiance, are quote both unquote there. fiance, old guy, are both there. And they walk, everybody comes streaming into the drawing room and there's Mary Hawkins on the ground with Alex Randall pinning her down and everybody thinks he's raping her when he's actually just trying to subdue her. Which I would like to point out now means that Black Jack Randall is an actual rapist who absolutely no one will believe is a rapist. And Alex Randall is like a kind-hearted, forward-thinking dude who is not a rapist, who is instantly condemned as a rapist. Yeah, now you're a rapist. So we know who's lucky in the Randall family. Right, great. So that brought my husband to say, great. Does that mean now that she's spoiled goods and this old Mr. Toad dude won't take her? And so now Blackjack Randall is going to have to take her to clean it up. And Allison wouldn't answer that question, and I really hope that that's not what happens. I'm not going to say anything. No comment on anything relating to Mary Hawkins or any Randall. Um, But Jamie then runs in and And beats the shit out of everybody. Well, because they all assume that somehow Jamie is running like a whorehouse. Like he's keeping Mary his like little sex slave. And so they come running in and he's fighting like four dudes at once and then Murta Murta comes comes in. in, Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. Keel trailing behind him, shirt on top. He was just sticking it to the ladies' maid. He was having sex with Suzette. He was totally doing it with Suzette. And then he's like, wait, wait, wait. I smell a fight. And then <laughs> grabs his Dirk and his dick and <laughs> runs out with, with Dirk in one hand, dick in the other. And um, they lay the smack down. And Jamie has to be like, no, no, no. Don't kill that dude. <laughs> please, don't, please don't kill him. And then there's this great moment where the Duke of Sandringham goes, oh, I was so looking forward to dessert. <laughs> Simon Callow just killed it. You're the best. He just really killed it this episode. So he... Um, so he leaves with the Comte Saint-Germain, who says that he's going to call the gendarme. Yeah, so the cops are coming. Great. Great news, right? So they wanted the worst dinner party of all time, and that's exactly, exactly what, what they, they got. got. But maybe worse than they wanted. Not in the way they intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police are coming to what they'll assume is uh, Jamie's whorehouse. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and the king, like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. So we went from an episode that was all about setting the table to an episode that was all about setting the, the table. table. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Setting um, the but it was great. It was a really great episode. And I thought it, the whole way through, I was riveted. Mm-hmm. So going to our scales. Mm-hmm. On a scale of, let's say, um, 
Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, <laughs> to Basic Instinct. Where are we on the boning scale? Oh, uh-uh. Um, something that's fun doing it. Some, no, not really even fun doing it. Like, uh, we had, oh, what was that movie where Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer played this married, The Story of Us, is that what it was called? Where they have this moment where they've been married for a long time. And they haven't been doing it for a long time. And there's this moment that they have where they're just in their kitchen together and they just look at each other and it just has to happen. And, like, they clear off their island and just fuck on their island. That. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like that. I haven't seen that movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I have a, a better example. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think specifically of another Michelle Pfeiffer moment, but I can't <laughs> Ooh, Frankie and Johnny. Although oh. that's a, that's kind of that's maybe a little bit spiritual in the same way. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Two two wounded people healing each other. Yeah. You know, it's in a completely depressing way. It's a little bit like, oh God, I don't think we've gotten that far in Mad Men yet. I don't think I can share this. Shh. It's like a it's like a certain sex scene in Mad Men that's uh, two married people who are very sad. Wait, wait, was it Betty in her childhood house? And yes, yeah, oh, you have I seen have it. Seen that. Yes. So like that, only sadder because this was mostly this like, was joyful, kind optimistic. of optimistic. Theirs was fucking sad. As yes, hell. but yes. still similar. Blue mm-hmm. light too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, on a scale of Seinfeld <laughs> to um, let's say. Um, Oh God, Amadeus. Ooh. Uh, where are we on the costume scale? Oh, um, definitely on the Amadeus end of the scale. Pretty high too. I yeah, think. I not was, quite Versailles. Well, level. man, that fucking cape though. <gasps> and also, every time Dick Fox walks on screen, mm-hmm. it's really good. And, and the wigs are really Dick Fox good. I'm. I. I don't know if I'm gonna go straight Amadeus. I don't think I'm gonna go that opulent. But maybe I, like Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, maybe it just perfect. Just per, really good for the period. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and on a scale of, um, let's say, a twelve-hour marathon of uh, a Christmas story over and over again. Okay. To must be Italian. Speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we on the you can't get up to get another drink scale? <laughs> uh, I, I do think that you could probably choose a time to pause in this episode. I don't think that you would be mad if you were like, they were in the hospital and the surgery's happening or whatever. You might be able to take a pause. Yeah, I think anything before them leaving the hospital. Anything after before... After they leave the hospital, Anything no. before the assault. After that, no, you're... Mm, but I think the lead up to the assault, Jamie mm-hmm. welcoming all the guests oh, and yeah, they're yeah, walking yeah. home. The cut back and forth. Yeah. So yeah. them before uh, anything after they leave, after the carriage is broken. So maybe bring, if you're drinking tall boys of a fine Pilsner beer, um, maybe bring two of them with you at the beginning. And then when they hit the hospital, if you're, if you need another one, go get one. Yeah. That's how I feel. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- you'll want... To have your drinks with you by the time you hit the halfway point. Yeah, season. you don't you don't want to yeah. get up after that. That's a, it's a it's a pretty gripping one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really good overall. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really really good one. And next week obviously will be another very climactic. Jamie has it. Did, did you watch the previously on? No. Was that mm-hmm. in your, so um, the previously on 
uh, or not previously, I'm sorry, next, next time. time on Outlander, include this moment of Jamie saying, you could choose him or me, and he's got a sword in his hand, so you know it's going to be real serious. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sing me a song about a lass that is very confused. <laughs> um, all right, so that's it for us for this week. If you have questions, things you want us to talk about, um, if you want to continue to share people who are the worst, uh, cheers to listener Jen Moniz, who shared with us the name of the terrible sheriff on uh, Deadwood. Uh-huh. And the fact that there is an episode named after his erection. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to share people who are the worst or anything else that you thought I wanted to talk about, find us at PodlanderCast. Um, eventually we'll have a Facebook page, but I am just not going to do it right now. Um, so I'm Allison. And I'm Julie. And this is Janine. Hey. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.